Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, starting May 8th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Olive Magazine podcast. My name is Laura Rowe, aka the editor of Olive and your host. This week, cookery writer Adam reveals why eating insects is the future, maybe. Food director Janine reveals behind-the-scenes info on her fakeaways recipe feature in the latest issue. And digital writer Alex visits the East London Liquor Company to talk to founder Alex Walpert about Negronis, how and why they were created, how to do the perfect serve, and how to get involved in the upcoming Negroni Week. First up, here's cookery writer Adam and digital intern Amanda. Hi guys. So on Sunday, I went to a pop-up run by Eat Grub with uh, a Thai chef uh, who's called Seb Holmes, who cooks under the sort of street food name Farang. And uh, it was all about eating insects, really. And hey. yeah, sorry, I'm here with Amanda. Just Hello. So it's not just me rambling on my own. <laughs> talk about insects. Um, and so yeah, it sort of led on to I thought it's a really cool little thing to to chat about on the podcast, really. Yeah. Um, so Eat Grub are a company that uh, make uh, bars, but using um, insect flour, and they also sell in like, whole insects like grasshoppers. <laughs> and actually, I actually randomly went past a beer shop in Hoxton, and they were selling them. Like before the I insects. even gone. Yeah, like you can buy little packs of snacking insects. Oh. Yeah. That, I would say that's the more hardcore end of eating insects. It's like right. mm, just having whole handfuls of uh, insects. <laughs> to put on your salad. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Crunchy. But I went to an actual pop-up that uh, was um, sort, of, sort of like Thai ways, interesting ways of... Um, using these insects so some of the stuff that i ate was like um i had a salted cricket and smoked tomato som tam salad delicious yeah actually really really was delicious and it was kind of like imagine chopped peanuts on top of that som tam salad so som tam salad is like a green papaya salad so like sour 
really, really hot, sugary, um, so like really balanced. And then with little insects on top. Whole insects, these were? Yeah, these were crickets, so not not basically you couldn't miss them they were most just definitely. kind of sprinkled on top or uh, like whole like, yeah yeah more like stirred through but right at the end so they stayed really crispy and weren't sort of like no one wants a soggy insect today. and they were specific insects presumably for each meal it wasn't like here's just abundance of insects no yeah they they on. used different ones so we had tempura grasshoppers as well to oh, start lovely um, which you know i like anything that's battered and deep fried, deep fried being, yeah. being being originally scottish that's that's perfectly acceptable <laughs> for me um and so basically we thought we'd talk a little bit about the benefits of said insects um do you have anything on to say about the benefits? <laughs> Do I? Yeah. Well, I don't know heaps about insects themselves. All I know is that a lot of people around the world actually eat it as a source of protein yes which we obviously don't do here we have yeah. other sources and that so it's obviously not natural to our dinner plate i suppose but i think it's <laughs> i think well eat grub used the fact of like 80 percent of nations yeah. around the world have some sort of culture of eating insects and grasshoppers contain twice as much protein as beef well I find that hard to believe um, a big cow well, you know, as I would say per gram, not um, okay. like, yeah, obviously you'd have to eat a lot of grasshoppers <laughs> to eat the equivalent of a What's whole What's a grasshopper cow? eating to be able to have that much protein, though, is what I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we need someone more technical on it, on, mm. just to talk about it. So, that, yeah, so basically they're highly nutritious little things. There's more iron um, than spinach in crickets. Wow. So and Popeye. more calcium than milk, and more, Yeah, and more calcium than milk. So Popeye should have been eating crickets, not... <laughs> should uh, have, yeah. yeah. it would have been twice. Well, that's why he's been going wrong, yeah. Popeye. <laughs> um, but I think the real important thing to talk about when talking about insects is the effect on the planet. Yeah. I think that's the real crux of what people like Where about Where they're it. going with the idea of it. Yeah, yeah, so basically to create one kilogram of beef releases... 2,850 grams of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Wow. Whereas to create one kilogram of insects, it's only one gram of greenhouse gases. So for the planet as a whole, on that level, they're much greener to produce and less um, impacts, you know. So when you were at the pop-up, did they give you all this information? Were they talking you through the reasons behind they were doing it? Not really. That's something I've sort of looked at. I mean, there was definitely facts on the nutrition of eating insects, but actually having looked into it more... From that, so like, so maybe sparked a discussion like this, which yeah. is quite cool. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. They've sort of given us a few facts, but withheld some for okay. more information. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of land use and water use, it's much, much better to produce insects than like cattle. Mm. You know, which need huge amounts of feed, huge amounts of water, a lot um, of maintenance, than a little old insect would need. It would seem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you were there, Adam, mm-hmm. what? Should we talk about the sort of things that you actually ate? Like, was there anything that you would say you actually really liked? Or um, you could see yourself going home and creating, recreating this yeah, I insect think the, dish? Yeah, <laughs> I think the, the cricket sometime was definitely up there. Um, but I kind of did feel a little bit like it was feeding vegetables to a child. You know, if you chop them up or, or hide them in stuff, then they won't really notice. That's mm, not... Those broccoli oh, well, trees. Fair. Yeah, those little, <laughs> those little block, broccoli trees. But, um, I mean, to start with, there was definitely loads of insects that were just deep fried and salted that were delicious. Um, but, yeah, flavour-wise, I've heard people describe them in many different ways, like creamy, like, you know, have all these yeah, different yeah, things, yeah. but they're mostly just a the texture because, yeah. for me, the only way to get 
anything out of them is just to deep fry it. Yeah. So it could be anything if it's salted and deep fried. So would you say more the idea behind the pop-up itself is more to uh, give people more understanding of, obviously, the greenhouse um, gas that you're talking about, but, yeah. like, the opportunity insects could give us, because so many people, obviously, around the world eat it. Like, yeah. You and I both have been... Asian yeah. meat and some a cockroach off the side of the street. That's some lady. Not not literally just a cockroach <laughs> off the side <laughs> of the street. But, there's, there's, there is, but you know what I mean. Yeah, there's a lot of people in, have done that in so, Thailand. There's yeah. like women who have carts who sell different uh, insects, and you know you might get a bag of deep fried grasshoppers, and they spray them with vinegar and salt them, and like you know. In Thailand, when you're hot, you've had a couple of uh, couple of singers, a couple of Chang <laughs> Chang beers, and uh, yeah, I mean that's perfect for me. Crunch on down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it was like for me, it was definitely insightful. I mean, I hadn't even really considered it. Um, maybe that's bad on me, but um, yeah, it did get me thinking once I started looking into like you know how yeah. how much impact the steak, you know, the beef that I love so much yeah. and I eat regularly, actually, you know, it does impact the planet and it's, it's a thing that we should be considering and maybe trying to work into our diets a little bit yeah, more. working towards like being more, a bit more, not accepted, but just like in our everyday life, essentially, in the long run, but yeah, yeah. see it happening, maybe? Um, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one, you know, it, particularly for our culture, it's not mm. that um, the norm. Yeah, it's not the norm, but yeah, why not? I think if, if we can work it in somewhere and, you know, maybe people like us who work for food magazines can try, but, um, yeah, why not? I mean, every little helps. I struggle on the kids, though, the insects. I mean, if they can't deal with things that grow in the grass, I'm not sure how they're Yeah, doing. well, they do grow in the grass. They just grow on the grass. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. And while you were there as Adam, mm -hmm. did you have any um, insect kind of produced drinks, like... I did have an that. IPA. Yeah, funny you should. Uh, yeah, what a nice hoppy IPA. Hoppy, yeah. yeah, very, yeah, very, very good. Um, yeah, I actually did have a drink made with so that. Yeah, they had like a, they were making cool cocktails. It was in um, collaboration with Four Pure Beer Brewery. So I had like a beer, bourbon, and orange, mm. orange buffalo worm marmalade cocktail. And if you knew the worm wasn't in there, would you say you would? You wouldn't taste the worm, essentially. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't know. Mm. I think, I mean, there's, they, they also make flowers, so they, uh, I know you grub do. Um, so basically you dry the crickets out, then mill them, and then they become a flower. So you, can, you could work those nutritious benefits into cakes. So you can make cakes insect and, flowers, yeah. Yeah, so you can, like, I know wow. some people that have put it in their sourdough bread. And, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, maybe that's more approachable if you're, you know, having your muffin or yeah. victoria sponge but you've got um some cricket Maybe powder in it wheat, we're going for the insect yeah now. exactly exactly <laughs> quinoa quinoa's had its day yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh nice did you think that you'd you would go back like D yes i would yeah if, yeah i mean it was good i mean it was it was really interesting and it was delicious food so yes i would okay. if that but I would have also i wouldn't have minded a bit of meat in there as well would you incorporate it if you're having a dinner party what would you make like if you were like, okay, Adam, t tonight's dinner party, we've got insects for you. What would you go? What would be your first thought to make? I'd make carbonara, but with really salty cricket, deep fried Just cricket. On top. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that could be like quite a nice crunch in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salty crunch. Yeah. 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 Loving that. But yeah, I think, yeah, that would probably be the way. Oh, off the top of my head yeah. in a surprise it's question. not bad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay, cool. Well... Um, yeah, I think, well, we sort of can sort of draw to a close there. But um, guys, go out and buy some insects and save the planet. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Even all go online. They've got lots of information on there on why yeah, the grub. benefits of Eat Grub and where you can go to hit up their next pop-up. Yeah.
Cool. cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Here's Janine talking takeaways with yours truly. Hello, Janine. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking today about one of the my favourite features we've had in the mag yeah. ever, I think, <clears throat> but particularly in, in the new issue. And it's on, we've called them bakeaways. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, it's all about well, it's what making it, takeaways at home. Yeah. yeah, what it's about is that... Um, we was we were discussing how these days with with new delivery systems in place um, that you can pretty much get a takeaway from anywhere like any any of your favorite restaurants you know it's not just restricted to your local Thai Chinese yeah. or Indian you can you can now pick up a takeaway or get a takeaway delivered from anywhere basically so, anything you're craving yeah you anything you're craving and, and then you don't much. have to wait around for a reservation you can no. just get in there early and get something delivered to you which is the ultimate inconvenience it and is <laughs> although can I just say a lot of them don't function very well so this is why this feature is even more useful because yeah. you you order online it's these uh companies that I shall not name and shame even though yes. I've furiously done it on <laughs> Twitter I'm sure before um but they can take a little while you know an hour and a half when actually yeah. you can probably make all of these delicious things yeah at home it might in that not time. It, it might it might be it might get to you from the restaurant you want and love but it might not be particularly hot no not quite as they desired yeah. I'm sure so so, so yeah so, make it at home? <laughs> so we kind of threw it out to the team and said like what what are the things that you regularly order what would be if you know if you could pick something from your mm. favorite restaurant what would be the dish that you'd be ordering in um <clears throat> and this was a dream for me because um <laughs> I just love I, well, I love food. One, one. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> and I love, and a lot of these are kind of spicy and kind of mm. quite indulgent and, you know, a little bit dirty, yeah. um, like dirty diner style. So <clears throat> it was a great one for me to explore. Um, yeah, because so, I mean, it's come on, hasn't it? You know, it's not like, it's not the, the pizza <clears throat> slice that we always order or the standard burger or your standard chicken tikka masala or something. There's no, so I mean, much choice now. I think there was... Um, a, a, a survey that was done about you know what each um, town's favourite takeaway was and it just went across the board from you know like a Vietnamese came mm. up a lot it, it, sort of stuff that I'd never really seen before yeah. so I think people's um, because of because of delivery widening out um, and not just being the restaurant delivering people are being more and more adventurous so we thought right and let's lazier and lazier and lazier and lazier <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, we we sort of threw it out to the team and we picked some of our favourites. Um, yeah. So one thing we we all love. Um, can we mention their name? Let's like, <laughs> do it. Let's. let's we say love Dishoom. We love them. We love them. We love them. Um, and we've actually got great recipes from them online. They would not give us their black doll recipe, and who can blame them? Because <laughs> it is. It's so famous. Yeah. It's so delicious. I it's did so, beg. Yeah. So just for those that don't know what Dashim is, although yeah. you don't, you really need to, to get on and visit one of their restaurants. So they're kind of like a mini chain. Yeah. Um, I think they've got maybe five restaurants now. They've got, I think, four in London um, and one in Edinburgh that they've recently yeah. just opened. And it's kind of Bombay-style Irani cafes. Yeah. But just incredibly good Indian food. It's so good. It's so good and really affordable. Yeah. The, the restaurants are really cool. Um, they're all slightly differently designed. They have great cocktails too, but mm. the food is just insanely good. Really good. Um, and their breakfasts are out of this world. I can recommend thoroughly yeah. the bacon naan and the chili cheese toast. But that's an, that's another podcast. Yeah. But yeah, so we've got recipes from them online. And, and when I was asking for recipes to get from them, Black Dahl was top of the list yeah. because. I remember trying it maybe like five or six years ago when yeah. one of their first restaurants opened. I just, I think I stumbled across it in Covent Garden 
And I was like, oh, what's this? Never heard of it before. Ordered it. And it's just so creamy yeah. and indulgent. And <laughs> it's amazing. And yeah. everyone orders it and says, if you go to Dishoom for the first time, you have to get the black dot. Yeah. And it comes and it looks really kind of unassuming. And yeah. then you start eating it and then you've got an empty bowl in front yeah. of you. So... In order to, well, I've, I've eaten it a few times, so I kind of knew what flavour profile I was going for. So I kind of went online and did a bit of snooping. I was on all sorts of forums, you know, typing in, what what the hell is in um, Dishoom's Black Doll? Um, and managed to kind of narrow it down to, it's slow cooked. I mean, they do it overnight. They do, I think they might even do it for 24 hours. And I was like, mm, a bit too far for me to shoot. I'm, I'm not doing that. Because like sometimes, you know, I'd, in the pursuit of great food, yeah. time time is good. But for this one, I just wanted something that you could actually make in yeah. the same day you wanted to eat it. Yeah, definitely. So when you get does, that craving, you can get it. Yeah. It is it is slow cooked because it's it's cooked in two parts where okay. you um you cook the the lentils first to right. get them nice and softened, and then you um and then you add like the spices and the um and the butter and cook them again. So um so I think it does it, it it's two or three hours altogether. Um, and stupid question are they black? Are they called black lentils, or are they a special type of lentil? Um, it, they're called urid. When you go and buy them from the Indian supermarket, I found this out. I've got a really good one down beside me in Turnpike Lane. Um, they're whole black lentils because you can get black lentils which are shelled, which are perversely white. Okay. Um, but urid beans are whole black lentils with the black outer casing still okay, left on them. Cool. So that's what you should be looking for. There are recipes online that make them with. Um, uh, pre-lentils as yeah. well that that could probably work but I just wanted to get as close to authentic as possible yeah um and it's quite subtly spiced there's sort of cinnamon clove star mm. anise cumin coriander cardamom but not a huge amount for the amount of lentils so no. you end up with this very very gentle warming, so, warming comfort mm. and soothing yum, yum, yum. and mm. and the the big thing reading lots of different people's descriptions and people talking about cooking them is you you need there's 150 grams of butter in there for 350 grams of yes. lentils so it's like you know don't beat about the bush no. that is the thing that's going to make it and then yeah. finished at the end with like a little bit of double cream and that's oh. basically what what makes them it tastes incredible and they taste great and yeah. um but yeah it'd be great if people try them and get in touch and say you know we're, we might not have got like exactly the same but i think you you won't be disappointed by that dish yeah i've seen all. people already on instagram and twitter <clears throat> making this and cool. they're, they're loving it and, oh, and it looks exactly yeah. as you've made it in there and well. just because it wasn't indulgent enough we made a paneer stuffed non to go I with know. it i was like <laughs> When I put my order in for Janine, what I want her to cook, basically, I say, Janine, I really want this. Can you make it? And she she knocks it out of the park with the recipe. And then she goes, like, another level. And then does a paneer stuff on as well. Because, like, you know, I'm, yeah. I, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm greedy. I'm thinking that <laughs> this is what I want to eat. I want to eat, like, lentils. And then I want a cheesy non to, to like, dip into my lentils. Oh, yeah. So. And talking of cheese, yes. one of my favourite recipes in this feature is, um, is my burger. Because it's weirdly... Even though people are eating all sorts of different cuisines mm. and nationalities and stuff, one of the things that came out of this survey is burger is still top to be delivered, which is a bit crazy because we we both discussed like yeah. that is the one thing that's going to suffer on the back of a bike, isn't you'd it? You think you'd think, and yeah. yet and yet people <laughs> think that they probably can't make them at home, but guess what? You can. <laughs> you can. But I think people's yeah. expectations of burgers has changed dramatically yeah, in the too. last few years, and you're one of the pioneers of that. In that you create really incredible. <laughs> Um, burgers that just you think you've done it 
the perfect one and then you, you hit us again with something yeah. better. So I, I've mentioned it regularly, but the Brazil grill burger <laughs> from last year was out of this world, which I, had obviously a Brazilian theme. But this one is smashed burger. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, how can I how can I reinvent the burger again? And um, I'd seen this thing. Like I watched I watched a lot of videos and um, I'd just been to Chicago and I was watching someone make a burger. And, um, and what they did was they they made like the burger patty into a ball and then they sort of on the on the kind of plancher grill mm. thing you know the hot plate yeah, yeah. they sort of put it on there and then got a big spatula and just kind of squished it down so like smashed it and I was like that's a brilliant idea because not only do you, do you sort of push it out so it's nice mm. and thin so it doesn't you know go back yeah. into this little puck yeah, yeah. but you get these extra crispy edges because you've got raggedy so edges mm-hmm. which is really lovely yeah definitely and then the cheese again oh, because it wouldn't um, be a recipe feature without a cheesy well, one from Ginny. <laughs> I got as far as thinking can I make my own like burger cheese yeah, because yeah. I'd seen um recipes for it wow. but it involved it's not that difficult you kind of make a you you can make like a really good quality almost like a cheese sauce and okay. then add gelatin and I was like uh, again it was it, yeah it was worrying that bit of my brain that thinks this is too hard when people see that they'll see gelatin and they won't want to do it yeah so so then I thought I love rare bits I thought I'd mash up rare bit with nacho cheese that like dirty cheese that you put on nachos so I made a rare bit mix and instead of beer we use Mexican lager and then I put chopped pickled jalapenos and sweet American mustard in it and it actually makes like a nacho rare bit and it's it's proper dirty and lush and yeah, tastes amazing on top so it's good. perfect on top of the burger yeah. so so this one i would urge any cheese fans um to go out and try that one it it's looks really proper good. good i think if you're getting mates yeah. around for beers and burgers yeah. if you want to really impress them this is the one with, th- not, with not that much effort either yeah i think that's the thing it's like con- you you like concentrate on doing one thing really well in this case it's like making your cheese and you just set it in a little a little baking dish and then cut it into four put on top of the burger and grill it um and i think if you concentrate on that then everything else is just really simple just get nice buns salad Mm -hmm. and you know that it's the cheese that everyone's going to be talking about because that's the thing that makes it special so So i think good that's my way of going with it but yeah um but it's not all kind of that extreme unhealthy you can get healthy takeaways now as well (laughs) you can and sometimes like today we're in sweltering london Mm. and um yeah we're kind of looking at the um the Thai watermelon salad, which we've done, which actually came from Adam, our cuckoo writer, was talking about um, going to some trendy Thai place. Mm-hmm. And he said oh, it was incredible. And they had all of the ingredients of a green papaya salad, but with watermelon. So okay. I kind of took it away. There's a few rules with it. Um, you've, you want a kind of nice, you don't want mushy watermelon because no. that would just break down. So you want to get the watermelon flesh, which is closest to the, the skin because that tends to be the firmer stuff and avoids the mushy seed yeah. bit. That's a really good tip because I think people yeah. don't think about that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, and then also, yeah, and, and get a whole watermelon rather than buying, again, if you buy it pre cut up in packs mm. convenient as it is for a smoothie or just for your breakfast if you're making a salad with it it's all it's all broken down a little bit gone a bit mushy bit so bit yeah. avoid avoid that yeah. um and you can make margaritas with what you've got left over with <laughs> recipe on <laughs> olivemagazine.com um and then the other flavorings are really simple just that super amazingly powerful combination of fish sauce garlic bird's eye chilies eye-wateringly hot mm. loads of lime and then finish with roasted peanuts and mint and basil and it's just like a zingy explosion in your mouth and so fresh, fresh. i have yeah. to admit when i order i order from those delivery sites yeah quite often yeah because i cook a little bit i go out a lot um 
but when I'm really craving like really healthy stuff and I can't be bothered to go and shop for like 20 ingredients yeah. I often order like a really healthy Thai salad or something yeah. like that I just think it's a really easy way to get loads of vegetables I think you get so much flavour that yeah. it kind of like it's not even tricking your body you're, you're, you're kind of getting this constant barrage of flavour and it, it just makes you feel full and yeah. satisfied and Completely. kind of like you can tell you're eating every mouthful and it never blands itself out yeah and it's really good for a hangover because yeah. you feel like you're nourishing <laughs> yeah. your body but it's like waking yeah. everything back up yeah. again my go to would be a, a curry <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the black dog. Yeah. Um, pickled watermelon was really trendy last year as yeah. well. So I think this is like the next step. This basically. is kind of like a fresh version of it. Yeah. It's like an instant version of getting getting all yeah. of those different flavours. And that's ready in what, like 20 minutes? Yeah, 20 minutes. You, you can just throw even it finish ordering. By the time you search through yeah. all the pages, which I've been there, yeah. you're not even going to have chosen what you want yeah. to eat in the time you can make and that. It, so. Apart from the, um, the watermelon, it's pretty much, you know, bit of herbs it's kind of store cupboardy stuff as well so you could throw say you're having a barbecue you mm. can make a massive platter of that when it's sunny and then just like grill some steaks or some yes. chicken or something and yeah. just have that with it and that'd be your like flavor bomb perfect yeah it? and it looks so pretty as well yeah it looks Such really pretty in color well yeah i think i'm gonna order less <laughs> spend less with those horrible sites that deliver cold burgers to me <laughs> and and make these for sure thank yeah. you so much Jean. another thank brilliant you. recipe feature <laughs> thank you okay And last but certainly not least, here's digital writer Alex at the East London Liquor Company. Hi, so I'm in East London at the moment at the East London Liquor Company, the first whiskey and gin distillery in East London over 100 years. And um, founder Alex Walpert has let me sneak into the distillery for a quick chat about Negronis. So hello, Alex. Thank you for having me. Um, So next week is Negroni week. But more about that later. What I'd like to find out about now is how the Negroni came about. So as it's quite, you know, it's quite a punchy little cocktail. So I can imagine it's either a really good day or a really bad day for somebody. Or did it just come about a different way? Well, legend has it that Count Negroni asked his bartender friend of his to replace the soda in an Americano, which is um, Campari and vermouth and soda, with gin to make it a bit more punchy. Not sure we know whether he was having a good day that needed improving or a bad day that needed improving, um, but that's apparently how, allegedly, how it started. Okay. Um, and it's a great drink. Yeah. So Americano, just on a side note, Americano. What are we talking about? Americano is a great um, morning after drink. Basically, it's Campari and sweet vermouth topped with soda. Okay. Um, to be had in the sun, uh, with your shoes off. Right, shoes off. Definitely. And yeah. we say morning after, is it going to help us keep going Absolutely, for the next Absolutely, it'll ensure you, uh, you carry on. <laughs> okay, I'll keep that to. in mind. Um, so, get back to Negronis. What is a Negroni made from then, just to clarify? So, Negroni is a really simple drink to make. Yeah. It's equal portions of gin, sweet vermouth and Campari. Okay. With a slice of orange, ice in a glass, bingo. Okay, so quite hefty and quite strong yeah it's quite a lot of alcohol content yeah okay and so what's the secret to the perfect negroni like how are we gonna because obviously there's three equal parts but i can imagine there's a lot of different elements that you know make it a good it's it's really to taste you know if if, depending how sweet or dry you like it depending on how punchy your gin is depending whether you want to be able to taste the gin coming through um personally i really want to be able to taste all three components Mm -hmm. and not just have the overbearing of one of them um, Campari and vermouth are, are tend to be quite strong flavours. Yeah. So for, for, my, for, for my money, I'd like to have something that's got a nice kind of pokey juniper f- flavour coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, 
say if we make one of the gins here for Negronis, it's high ABV, it's 47%, it's oily, it's herbaceous, um, and, and there's enough sort of citrus and other oily components in there to cut through the Campari and the vermouth. Okay, so you make that specifically for Negronis? We make batch number two gin here, Focus to to making the perfect Negroni. Oh, brilliant! So you give that to like bartenders and um, yeah. Yeah. Great. So you said it's herbaceous notes need to come through. Is that just to give it some more flavours for and the citrusiness as well? Uh, yeah, you need. I mean, if, if you want to be able to taste the gin um, up against um, the vermouth and Campari, it needs to have enough. Um, well, it needs to have a strong enough flavour. It needs to have mm-hmm. enough alcohol and enough other botanicals with enough kind of sharp, spicy, oily notes to balance out the other the other flavours in the in, in the drink. So the vermouth and the Campari, are they they're quite bitter flavours? Campari is fairly bitter. Vermouth yeah. is um, depending on what type of vermouth you use, it can be quite sweet or quite dry. Um, some have um, slightly more sort of spicy notes than others. Um, what, which one would you use? Which kind of vermouth would you use to make perfectly grainy to um, make it balanced? We use cocky here. Um, and a whole list of others. Um, it was always kind of a, a dream of mine if I was ever going to build my own bar uh, to have a vermouth fridge. So we have a oh. separate vermouth fridge under the bar. Amazing. Uh, which is full of weird and wonderful uh, oh, vermouth. I'll check that out later. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, when people come to the bar, you know, there's always a nice chat of saying, how do you like, how do you like it? Or would you like something different? You know, you can have a white Negroni, which is with Sue's um, dry vermouth and gin. Um, okay. And yeah, I mean... Yeah, so there's lots of different ways of, of twisting a Negroni, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of having it classic. And um, so in terms of, like, like, do you mix it as well? Do you mix uh, the apples or do you kind <laughs> of let them just mix together in the glass? Do you have to stir? There are it? varying bartender um, points of view on this. You mm-hmm. can either mix it in the glass and stir it with a bar spoon or you can stir it in a stirring jar and then pour it, strain it into a glass. Um I guess it depends how much time you have and how fastidious you're going to be about how you make it. Okay. But it's certainly a drink that we can all make at home with um, a simple, yeah, eye, ha, you know, hand to eye measurement. You don't even need a measurement. You measure it against a glass. Yeah. Sit back and enjoy. Or if you're going to have a full glass. So you know, um, often when I've had a granny, it's in one of those short tumblers. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if there's a technical word for short yeah. tumbler. Um, why why do we have it like that? Is it just because? It's quite a short, punchy drink. Yeah, it's supposed to be a fairly punchy drink that, you know, you wouldn't want. Um, it's it's equal thirds of each liquid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you do, you know, the, the bigger the glass, the more each third has to be in, um, the drunker you'll get. Uh, so, yeah, it's traditionally it's always been a short drink. And um, the ice cubes. Yes. Does it matter how many you have? Do they have to also have heard a myth about, I don't know if it's a myth, it might be true, um, about ice cubes having to be well they should be filtered made from filtered water because the if it's from tap water then when they melt the you know everything you get in tap water can actually infiltrate through all the alcohol is any, that actually does it matter any good ice machine will have a softener and filtration right. system inbuilt in it so you'll you should by default be getting really good ice cubes. Okay. <clears throat> we have Hoshizaki machines here that are balled and cubed ice. Okay. And they come out lovely. But if we're making it at home, can we use tap water to make our ice cubes? Um, you can use tap water, okay. yes. All right, just checking. You might get slightly better cubes if you use filtered. Okay. And garnishes, so you said or- you garnish with orange. Yeah, it's just, it's just an, an orange wedge or a slice of orange, or if you want to be fancy, you can dry an orange slice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is effectively sort of candied orange. There's all sorts of different ways of doing it. And what's that going to add? Is it just going to lift it, just give it a bit it of It adds a citrus component to it yeah. on the nose and, and just, yeah, it's an added, added dimension to it. Okay, so now I know how to make the perfect classic Negroni. Do you have any nifty little tricks and tips for us to make something a bit different at home? Because um, I'm on olivemagazine.com, we have a rhubarb Negroni. Great. Which um, I've not made myself, but I've seen it be made and drunk and very much appreciated. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, I, I guess that, the, you know, your listeners should just make what, play with what they like. Mm -hmm. And if, if, if they've got a rhubarb cordial that they add in instead of the, the vermouth or with the vermouth or if they add in something else, um, I, you know, we, we, for Negroni Week, we're working with um, a whole list of bars and they're all doing their own take on it. So we've got some bars that are doing a, um, the Fountain and Ink are doing a hibiscus and rose-infused batch two. So they're, they're infusing the, the gin, gin first. With, and and then... then adding it in. Okay. Um, Temper in town are infusing batch two with more sage uh, and then splitting the vermouth up with a little bit of Camon Sons and Antigua formula. So is that going to just add, like, depth because it's two types of vermouth? Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it's Camon Sons is an aperitif, but mm -hmm. yes, it's, it's, it's adding, yeah, exactly, it's adding a little bit more depth. Um, Ellery in, in Hackney are um, using a um, spray of fresh grapefruit skin and then dehydrating grapefruit, broken dehydrated grapefruit in there. Again, it's so a nice little... Little... And they're using Sue's instead of vermouth, so they're going slightly down the, the white Negroni route. Mm -hmm. And then there's all sorts of other crazy wonderful ones where um, there are um, barrel-aged Negronis um, with oh. grated tonka beans. Oh, um, wow. There's, okay. there's some really that, wonderful, lovely ones. So that, the, the tonka bean one is from the Modern, modern Pantry in Clerkenwell. Oh, yeah, um, they do lots of amazing, like, quite niche ingredient work, don't they, in recipes? Yeah. yeah, really lovely. Um, Beagle are doing a smoked Negroni. Um, so what's the smoke? They're infusing the Campari with a Lapsang, um, Szechuan Lapsang. Do you think people could do that at home? Do you think yeah, they'd be able to absolutely. You can, them? you know, put some, tea, yeah. Yes, in principle you can. The, 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 the kind of danger with tea is that you leave tea in too long and it becomes tannic. Oh, okay. Um, but yes. Okay, so, so moving on to Negroni week, because, um, which is next week, 5th of June, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And then, so... All of these Negronis that we've just been hearing about, they you're creating, aren't you, a passport, a Negroni passport, so right. that people can try different Negronis yep. throughout London, or is it...? Um, it's throughout London. Yeah. Um, we've picked uh, a group of bars that, that you can go to with your passport, pick up your passport in any of the participating bars. Uh, all the information's on our Instagram, um, and uh, and basically you get a stamp in every bar. Great. And if you, after you collect six stamps, you come to our bar and you, get, you redeem that with... Uh, an extra special Negroni surprise. Oh, is it a surprise? That's going to it's say. It's a surprise, yeah. <laughs> okay. So when can we um, do this from? And when can we? Is it all in one Negroni week? Because that's a lot of Negronis. Yeah, it's from week. from today. <laughs> okay. From great. today. So until the eleventh of June. Uh, till next Sunday, yeah. Okay, great. So, so what's your um, Instagram handle if we want to have a look? It's uh, East London Liquor Company. Okay. You, um, our Twitter's Distilling in E3. And yeah, we'll, we'll keep posting about who's participating and what they're doing and where it is. And yeah, there's already been posts which list all our all the partners. Okay. And do you have just to finish on? Do you have like a personal favourite twist that you would? If somebody came into to where you were and said, "I want a Negroni, but I want a little twist. Give me something special." What would you give them? Well, for me, what makes it special is that we've 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 developed 
this gin, this batch number two gin, mm -hmm. for the perfect Negroni. So for me, you don't need that added yeah, twist. So it's you're already just, in there. It's in the gin. You know, we've got this amazing 47% oily, herbaceous gin that just makes a killer Negroni. Oh. So, you know, keeping it simple, using that gin, I think, works really well. Okay, and where can we get that if I want, if we want to buy it? In either of our bottle shops, uh, Master of Malt, Whiskey Exchange, um, quite a few online boost shops as well. Great. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Should we go for an agreement now? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who appeared on the Olive Magazine podcast this week. If you like the sound of anything we've been speaking about today or in any of our podcasts, you can head to olivemagazine.com or buy the new issue of Olive Magazine in all good supermarkets and news agents right now. Don't forget to review and rate us on iTunes and subscribe for free to make sure you never miss an episode. And until next week, happy eating, insects or otherwise, happy drinking, Negronis we hope, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>